Hello, welcome to Hat Trick. I am Jordan Dollar Coltman. I am joined, as always, by Elliot Tanti. Braden is off this week, but don't you worry. We have a very special guest who is going to join us in just a minute. This is a very special episode of Hat Trick. We are doing the Hat Trick Fantasy Hockey Special, presented by FantasyHockeyHacks.com. We don't do a lot of fantasy on this show, but we want to do more this season as we get geared up for it. You know, we all play a little bit of fantasy, and uh, it's always a lot more fun to follow the other teams in the league when you have a bit more vested interest in the players and what they're going to do out there. So that is what we are doing today. This is a primer, whether you are an active fantasy player in four or five leagues, some keeper leagues, or you have never played fantasy, and for the first time you got that email invite from somebody who's like, hey, why don't you join my league, and you're completely in the dark. This is the episode for you. We are going to get you revved up and primed for it. Three great topics all about fantasy, and we have a very special guest. As I mentioned off the top, today's episode is brought to us by FantasyHockeyHacks.com, and from fantasy hockey hacks uh, and their podcast one of the hosts of the podcast the 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 man with all the answers for us today devin davidson welcome to the show devin how you doing i'm good boys how you doing thanks for having me on so just before we get started here um let's just give people like a quick overview of what fantasy hockey hacks is all about so you've got the website you've got the podcast um yeah for the uninitiated what is fantasy hockey hacks it's it's basically your latest source for fantasy hockey news rankings um the podcast obviously so anything fantasy hockey talk um that's what we're all about so we try to keep uh listeners and and players fantasy gms informed as to the latest goings on in the league and just try to provide some advice um you know waiver wire pickups and injuries and all that kind of stuff things to watch out for uh going on throughout the season um we're, we're going to focus a bit on dfs this year too <clears throat> we might have to bring on some guests to to supplement that a little bit because uh you know, besides myself, I don't know if the other guys play as much. So um, on the DFS side. Yeah, totally. And I know that, you know, as as the gambling side of, of sports sort of opens up in the last decade, fantasy's just exploded more and more. You know, obviously fantasy yeah. football has always been a huge thing, but fantasy hockey, I think year by year just grows and grows. So it's awesome. Um, that's what we're going to talk about. So uh, let's get right to it. Here's topic one. Okay, so for topic one today, we, we wanted to start with a fantasy fundamentals. That's what we're calling it. Um, we have Devin here. We're going to pick his brain. Um, he's got three do's and three don'ts for a successful and fun fantasy season for us. Again, whether you've played fantasy all the time, this is a good like, maybe there's just something kind of off that's not been working for you. Maybe this will answer that. Or if you're like Elliot, and I hate to do this to you, Elliot, but maybe you're a little more... Uh, uh, uninitiated into the fantasy hockey world. You play a lot of fantasy football. I know Elliot, but what's your experience with fantasy hockey? Uh, virtually none. I do. I have, I've played five years of fantasy football and I love fantasy football, but this is totally new for me. Um, and so I like, I feel really blessed that I got like an expert here to ask all my, uh, all my noob questions. So I'm going to be digging into this segment like crazy. Perfect. All right. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's get to it. Devin, what's your first do? Okay, for me, the, the first thing is know your league settings. I, I've seen, I've played with far too many fantasy GMs who just walk in cold. They don't understand if it's a, a bangers league or if it's a points league. Um, you know, are you playing head-to-head or are you doing head-to-head categories? Um, so just familiarize yourself with the league settings and just that that's the first thing. So obviously that, you know, that's the first step when you get invited to one of those leagues, you want to go look at one of those sort of those things. What is the most common league you're going to see though? Like if you're, if again, if people aren't in there, what, what's the most common stuff? I'd say for? we like weekly um, points head to head is, is kind right. of like whether it's ESPN or Yahoo seems to be a fairly common setup. Um, we play a lot of that, you know, between myself and the guys that are part of the podcast and it's, and it's a standard format you see, um, Hits now are being included in a lot more leagues. It used to be years ago that hits just weren't included. 
Um, PIMS were kind of a contentious issue, but no, it's, it's included in a lot of leagues now and something to keep an eye out for. So that's where this year we saw somebody like, <clears throat> excuse me, Brady Kachuk, he was going early, right? We're talking like at the round one, two turn, um, Pete Jensen on NHL.com had actually mentioned him as a, as a first round pick. And I, I, I chimed in, I, you know, I just politely said, Hey, I, I think that's, that's too rich for my blood for Brady Kachuk. And so, but the reasoning there is that if it's a hits league, he's a guy mm-hmm. who can get you 300 hits, 300 shots on goal. Um, if it's not a hits league though, his, his potential, his upside is, is something in that, you know, 25 to 30 goal range, um, maybe 50 or 60 points. Like so far, just because he doesn't have the talent around him to really go supernova on the point side. So again, familiarize yourself with league settings. What's the most uh, obscure stat you've seen tracked in fantasy? <laughs> most obscure. Oh man. Um, that's a good one. You know what? You can get in some really like out there advanced statistics that for fantasy purposes, like for the average person is probably not going to help them that much. Yeah. Um, you know, there's things like quality of competition and, and um, you know, you can get into a whole bunch of things that are they helpful? Maybe, maybe not expected goals for like, those are, they're, they're helpful tools. If you're just wanting to look into, okay, is this guy going to, going to bust out? And um, that was actually my, my second do is get yourself familiar with the numbers and you don't right. have to know all of the advanced analytics, but know things like individual point percentage, right? How many, how many points were scored while that player was on the ice, the percentage, um, because if it's above, I think it's 75% for most players, that's not generally sustainable. I think Connor McDavid had something like 85% his IPP last year. So something to keep in mind there, like it's not a very common thing. Um, I would look at percentage of power play, what, what share of power play they're getting, um, PDO, right? So your, your shoot, shooting percentage and your save percentage for a player, um, five on like when he's on the ice with his teammates and, you know, it levels out at about a, at a thousand, right? So you just got to know like five on five shooting percentage average is about 9%. So things like that, you can kind of look. And if a player is um, well below 9% or well above 9%, five on five, it's going to regress one way or the other. And so those are things you can just kind of keep an eye on and watch trends to see, is this a good buyer or sell, right? And then how do you kind of assess that? So um, again, there, there's some really good stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys want me to plug these guys or not, but you know, Dauber hockey, we had those guys on our podcast, great fantasy hockey guide, left wing lock, same thing. They've got coverage of all the, the analytics that you'll want to kind of look at uh, as you go on throughout your season. And obviously we've got a lot of that stuff on our website as well. Cause we've, we've had Ian Gooding on our, on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and that's the thing, right? I think more and more as people have gotten more excited and more invested in the, in in the whole fantasy game, uh, there's so many resources out there, but I think that you can also kind of get like weighed down and bogged down by all of the missing pieces of it. So, you know, like you said, know your competition, know your, your advanced stats. What's your third do? For me, it's, it's mock away. Um, You know, do the research and, and just, I, I do anywhere from six to 12 or even more potentially uh, mock drafts prior to my actual drafts. Uh, you just get a, a sense of where players are going, where to find value in the drafts. Tyler Sagan right now is a guy who's going in the, the seventh or eighth round. Like he's, he's going far too late for a player who, who has 40 goal upside, right? That's not to say he's going to score 40 goals this year, but it's definitely there. Um, a guy like Blake Wheeler, you know, almost every year annually, he's, he's a guy that can, point uh, close to a point per game and he's going i think even later uh 
I'm, I'm big on Anze Kopitar this year. I, I think the Kings are going to be a force to be reckoned with, or they're going to compete anyway for a playoff spot in that Pacific division. And he's a guy now that Philip Deneau is there. I think some of the defensive responsibility is going to be taken off his shoulders. And I think he's going to be fresh this year. So, uh, and he's going on average, I think around 95. So, when you're mock, when you're doing mock drafts, are you mock drafting from where you're drafting in your real draft? Are you mock drafting at a bunch of different places uh, to get a sense of like what it's like, or how do you, what's, how do you, what's your mock strategy? Yeah, for me, generally, I don't know my, my draft order. Um, so many, they're, they're randomized one hour before, depending on the league you're in, right? If you know weeks ahead of time, I, for sure, I'm going to draft based on where I know I'm drafting. But for the most part, when I've been involved, I, I don't. And so I'll take the time and I'll actually try and do a draft, at least one draft at every position, one through 10 or one through 12, whatever my league setup is. And then I'll take the time and I'll read the emails and okay, who did I miss in the seventh round or who did I pass over? Like why, you know, and, and just try to make sense of that. And, and two, you need to know, like you had alluded to earlier, Jordan, like who's, who are you playing with? Um, know the room, know the draft room, right? Cause I know in a couple of our leagues, we've got a lot of Oilers fans. So we, we bug my one buddy all the time. He, he would take Tyson Berry in the second round if he could. And uh, so you just got to know if, if there's players who are particular fans of one, one player or one team, you either have to pass on those guys or just be ready to take them a bit earlier. There's just the same kind of strategy there would be for an NHL GM, I guess, in a sense, that's kind of half the fun of the game. You're trying to understand yeah. what the other team's needs are and what the other guys, you know, tendencies are. And obviously probably the more years you spend with the same players, the more you're going to learn, Oh, this guy has a weakness for this kind of player, or he has a weakness for this specific player. And that's, Absolutely. that's the poker part of it. Let's say, right. For sure. And we're all guilty of it. I do the same thing. Right. I mean, for years, I would take Mika's advantage at before he really blew up, but I'd take him late in drafts and, and nobody was the wiser, but he, he provided a lot of value. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So I know you've got one bonus due, but let's save that for, for a second. Let's jump to the sure. don'ts. What are the absolutely must stay away from? Do not do under any circumstances. Don'ts for the fantasy fundamentals. I, I would say don't panic drop players. I see this a lot where people think that 10 games into a season, that trend's going to continue. It's such a small sample size. Um, you got to consider if players have started with new teams, are they trying to find their place in the lineup? Like there's a lot yeah. of things to consider. So um, over the years, I've seen guys like Elias Pettersson dropped early or just not picked up. Yeah. Um, you know, Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov last year in one of our, I think it was our Yahoo league uh, dropped early. Yeah. Might've been our ESPN league anyway, but yeah. So, I mean, give them a shot, right? You got to just be patient, especially with rookies. They're wildly inconsistent, at least to start the season. And you'll see guys blow up. I mean, Kevin Fiala is a great example. People either pass on him or they draft him and they drop him by Christmas because right. generally Kevin Fiala doesn't perform in the first half of the season. Yeah. And then in the second half, he blows up. He's going a point per game. Yeah. So, yeah, I would just say don't panic drop. Be patient early, um, particularly for rookies. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. And and sometimes it's not even it's not even uh, a player gets off to a slow start, but like a guy might have one of those smaller injuries that, you know, isn't going to be a, you know, a full more, you know, more than six weeks, let's say. And yeah. you get a little nervous about just having that extra body there. And you there's some juicy guys who started. Well, I got I got caught last year. No, 
I should preface, I did win my league, so it wasn't the worst <laughs> thing in the world. However, I always wondered what I could have kept when I lost Claude Giroux early because he didn't yeah. start well and he was injured. Now it was a shorter season, but when he came back, he put points up. And I, you know, I remember coming up against a guy one week who had him and I sat there the whole week just cursing the fact that I got a little bit gun shy. You know what I mean? Early. Yep. So I, I can definitely relate to don't panic drop early. That's a good well, one. And- because guys, they just, they, oh, they see the shiny object and this guy just yeah. put up five points in four games this week and they think it's going to continue. So again, you want to look under the hood, look at some of the advanced numbers and just see what he's doing. Um, you know, I think it was the left wing lock. Uh, I read something from him. He was talking about uh, shot rates and shooting percentage. And basically on average, players will fall within plus or minus 4% of their career average shooting percentage. So take a look at that, right? If a guy is shooting at 18% and his career average is, is, eight well it's probably not sustainable right so those are some of the things you just want to keep an eye on Devin, you know i'm question you triggered something for me with players starting with new teams you know generally by week four week five in fantasy football you have a sense of whether or not this is going to work or not with this new team what's that timeline for nhl players i i hear you say don't drop early but but where, where what point in the season are you saying okay enough's enough when do you hit the panic button yeah <laughs> I, i'd say it's uh... I mean, I, I, and I'm guilty of it too. I drop players too early sometimes. That's why I'm saying this, but uh, I, you know, the, the rule of thumb is a team's, you kind of know what they are by, by Thanksgiving, by American Thanksgiving, right? You know what that team's going to be. So I would say maybe follow that rule too. But now saying that again, if you see an opportunity to grab a guy like a Kirill Kaprizov, or maybe it's a Vasily Podkolzin or, or somebody else who, who has high pedigree, if someone drops Trevor Zegers early in the season, um, and you have a chance to pick them up. Like, again, look at your league settings, look at the player, try to look at the underlying numbers. You know, is he just, is he underperforming? Is it luck? Like PDO is an indication of luck as well. Right. So if he's got a nine fifty PDO, yeah, he's going to regress a little bit and just see what it looks like. Um, or is his shot rates good? Is he shooting at three shots a game? And, you know, again, just look at it, but yeah, I, I when I say be patient, I'd say give it a month or two. And, and if it's still the same thing, and if you see like maybe his power play time's going down, uh, maybe he's getting more offensive zone time uh, or less offensive zone time. That's not a good sign either. Right. If he's off power play one. And so, you know, again, look at those numbers, but I'd say give it a month or two. All right. Well, let's go to your tips. second. Let's go to your second. Don't I, you know, this is just my viewpoint personally this year. I'm not drafting Eichel Malkin or Evander Kane this season. Uh, I had Malkin last year. I, I think the decline is is here for, for Evgeny Malkin. He's always been an injury concern. And last year, he just looked completely disinterested. I don't know what was going on with him, but, you know, his shot rates were down significantly. He was down. Uh, power play time was down. Production, obviously, was down. So I just, um, yeah, I and now he's out for the first two months of the season here. So he's a guy that I am just fading in drafts hard. Now, saying that, if you can get him in the last couple rounds of your draft, you know what? maybe or even if you can get them a little earlier that's fine just it's really how much risk are you willing to take on there but if you can stash them fine like if you're if your league has an ir or or two ir spots yeah don't be afraid to pick them up but for me personally i'm not and this applies probably even more to jack eichel i i have no interest in drafting jack eichel this year it's a gong show what's going on there um absolutely you know, I, I just, I, I, almost, I almost kind of feel for the guy for like Buffalo hasn't handled it well. Not that he has either really, but I mean, both sides have dug in and who knows when he's going to play. So yeah, or for, me, for who <laughs> or, or for who, right? Yeah. So yeah. no, thanks. I mean, 
And then Evander Kane, um, he had a career high last year. Like that was probably his best season. He's a good player. He's got category coverage. He hits, he shoots a ton. He scores goals. Like, you know, there's a lot of things from a fantasy perspective to like about Evander Kane, but he carries a lot of baggage Mm -hmm. and he's not playing on a great team either. Mm -hmm. And there's been multiple reports that his teammates don't even want him. Don't want to play with him. Yeah. Right. So that, that weighs heavy on a room too. And I, so for me, those are three players I'm just avoiding, especially at their current ADP. If you can get them late, late in the draft and you're willing to take a risk. Sure. But for me, yeah, like, you know, it's funny. So Evander Kane for me was one of those in and out guys last year. You know, you always have like one or two guys in your roster that you're like, you'll play them on a hot week. And then you kind of go, I'll get rid of him and find somebody. And Evander Kane was one of those guys I probably picked up on uh, like just as a free agent two or three times. And he always gave me points, but then the next week he would go cold. And so then I dump him again kind of thing. But yeah, definitely someone I think I would stay away from, especially early because we don't know what it's going to look like there in San Jose. Well, here's a question for me. Here's a question for me. He's a fantasy background in NFL. Uh, Generally off field issues don't impact fantasy (laughs) in the NFL. (laughs) And that speaks to the way in which the NFL deals yep. with certain off uh, off field issues um but this is a this is a this would be a bigger concern in the nhl and, and fantasy is that what i'm hearing yeah, particularly in kane's case right i mean it, these guys are professionals right Oft, often it, it doesn't um have real fantasy implications but we saw what happened to winnipeg right he mm. like he got run out of town and, and they wanted nothing to do with the guy and then he's got to go to a new place and adjust right so and we don't know if he's going to get moved this year he could get moved from San Jose, which isn't a great team to start with, to Buffalo. He could go to, like, there's just a lot of unknowns. And do you want to spend that draft capital on a guy like Evander Kane? One thing I'll say, you can't win your league on, on draft night, but you sure can lose it, right? And so mm-hmm. for me, it's about trying to establish a high fantasy floor and minimizing risk with the players I'm taking. You can take more risk later in drafts, in your, in your mid to late drafts that, or rounds, that's fine. But for me, yeah, it's all about establishing a high fantasy floor. All right, let's jump to your third don't. Uh, don't be afraid to, to fade goaltenders in your draft. Um, we, had, uh, we had Nate Groot Nibblink uh, from Apples and Genos on our, um, on our podcast a few weeks ago, and he talked about the zero-G draft strategy. I, I think it's a viable option. Now, depending on your league settings, right? If you're in a league where it's head-to-head categories and you need to win goals against and save percentage and wins every week, you know what? You're probably going to want to invest in, in um, a, a better goaltender, right? So, you know, again, league settings, right? But I've done a lot of mock drafts and you can get guys like Jacob Markstrom, um, Thatcher Demko, Tristan Jari. Uh, there, there's a number of, of very, very serviceable goaltenders. Carter Hart's another one where you can get them in, in rounds 10 through 15. So again, depending on your league and and again, know the room, but what that allows you to do is fill out the rest of your roster, right? So tandems are becoming more of a thing in the league right now. We, we know that we've seen that. Yep. So even if uh, a guy like Markstrom, we know he's going to get a ton of volume, but some goaltenders are going to get stuck in a tandem where they're playing 40 or 45 games in the season where you could have maybe spent that pick on, on a guy that he plays 82 games and he puts up 30 goals. So just those are things to consider. Like you, you can fill out your roster for the first 10 rounds and then still get serviceable goaltenders. And the thing is there's always injuries like any other position throughout the season. There's always guys that emerge after the draft, right? So last year, some great examples was one was Alex Nadelkovich for Carolina, 
right? I, mm-hmm. What happened there and him getting shipped out of Carolina was actually just a travesty. I don't know what. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's one example. Um, plucked him off the waiver wire, right? So UC Saros was another guy who in my league got dropped because he was not very good in Nashville to start. And down the stretch, I think he had like a 930 or 935 save percentage. He was absolutely lights out. Another guy you can pluck off the wire. So those are just a couple examples. Thatcher Demko, I guess, was another one that was on the wire last year. Uh, so there's lots of just examples like that where you can find value late in the draft or on the waiver wire late in the season. Can I ask? So you've got some, you've got some, um, uh, you know, some fancy stats like shot percentage and those sorts of things that you're using to uh, to uh, assess, you know, where players are at. Whether and you, you talked about regression back to career averages and things like that. What are the stats that you're looking at from a goaltending perspective in terms of assessing whether they're playing to standard, well above, or way below? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'll, I'll look at their career save percentage. Obviously, I'll, I'll look at it's and for goaltenders, it's a lot about the, the team environment, right? So you want to know, like, look at possession numbers, right? So Corsi four, Corsi against, Corsi four percentage, um, just so you know, are do, are they a good puck possession team, mm-hmm. right? Is it going to face a lot of rubber or not? Um, look at high danger save percentage is another one. Um, so I think. I, don't quote me here, but I think what they're basically saying is anywhere inside 15 feet, I think, is high danger. I think you're right, yeah. Um, so that's another one you just want to keep an eye on. If he's making yeah. a, a high percentage of those saves, probably a, a fairly good indication of a of a talented goaltender that you want to keep an eye on, right? Like, I think Jeremy Swayman was a good example from last season. Um, he was right up there in high danger save percentage. Um, goal saved above average, which is a cumulative stat. That's one you want to keep an eye on just as an indication. You know, if it's above zero, that that's a positive thing. So those are just, some, I guess, a couple that I would keep an eye out for when I'm looking at goaltenders. All right, we got a couple bonus ones here. We'll do them in in a rapid fire style here. What's your bonus do? What's your what's your extra one? We did things in threes because you know it's hat trick. Sure. But yeah, of course. Let's get an no, extra in. All right. Um, yeah. Work work the waiver wire. Stay current yeah. and be fluid. So. I've won, I'm not bragging here, but just, you know, like mm-hmm, in the last mm-hmm. five years, I think I've won four or five fantasy championships. Um, I am one of the most active players on my, my, uh, my league every year. Like I, yeah. and far and away, uh, you got to keep an eye out for trends. Look for guys who are hot and cold. Look for, for those young rookies that are going to perform, keep an eye on injuries. Uh, just stay current, know the league, see what's happening, make some moves. Don't, yeah. don't just sit there and think you can win because you're not going to win your league if you're not prepared to make some moves and be committed, right? Absolutely. You don't have to be the guy, you know, on your waiver wire at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, 3 a.m., but uh, yeah, keep an eye on things. Well, and it's funny because, I mean, again, we can all we can all do a little bragging. We have you here because you're the expert, so you don't have to feel ashamed of being able to say, hey, I'm a, what did you say, four-time, three-time champ? I think it's five now, but oh um, come on! All right, I'm not there counting, but yeah, I've, I've won a few anyway. Last <laughs> not year, counting. So. That's a ring on every finger. You're almost Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, the but I will also say I had last year's the first year I won the league I was in, and I'd played in a couple different types of leagues and things. But my success for me, I know, come came from literally every single morning. One of the first things I would do before I went to work was just quickly scroll through the the, the rosters, make sure I knew yep. what the other guy was doing, trying to pay it, you know, and it takes maybe 15, 20 minutes a day. You're just going to make sure you're ready to go. I always, you know, I'd, I'd set the like auto roster. So I never had one of those bad days where I just missed right. a guy getting in there. But then I yep. double check it and make sure I wasn't I didn't leave somebody really important on the bench. And then you're always going through and making sure that there's not a guy who somebody's dropped that they 
somebody made a mistake and you can yeah. have an opportunity to pounce on. And, uh, you know, the active part of it really does pay off because you find those little players, like I said, dropping a cane or a couple, like, you know, a couple guys, we'll talk about somebody a little bit later. That was one of my like in and out roster guys who gave me so many little extra little bonus points here to sure. win the day or whatever. It's critical, right? It yep. being, if you want to, if you, if you want to really be successful with this, you can either, you know, put a little bit of the fun and effort into it or not. And I mean, everybody plays differently, right? I know guys in my league who did pretty well and they just sat on their roster most of the season, Yep. but for me, half the fun is like getting in there and actually paying attention. Oh, absolutely. And, and part of the reason I bring that up is oftentimes I'll just have like a streamer spot on my roster. Like, you know, it, you, you kind of take that late last round flyer on a guy and, and totally. often it doesn't work out. And I'll just work the wire all season long. Um, like in our ESPN league, for example, we have seven acquisitions per week. I'll maximize them every week just yeah. because you're maximizing games played, right? You're maximizing points. Um, a guy like Jared McCann. Like when Malkin was out last year, that's a guy I scooped up really quick. And he, I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but he played very, very well down the stretch. Totally. So yeah, keep an eye on things. All right. Let's round out topic one here with your, your bonus, your extra don't. Yeah. So just don't ignore the schedule. Like I just said, maximize games played. So take yeah. a look when you, when you're going to pick guys up when you're work when you're working the waiver wire, look at their schedule for the week ahead. Are they playing two games? Are they playing four games? Who are they playing against, right? Is they have a strong schedule or reschedule? How many back-to-backs are they? Are they playing on rest or not? Those things actually do have an impact. And some players, it, it affects both goaltenders and skaters. Like some guys have um, have better home road splits. So that's another thing. You can just go to NHL.com and you can look at road splits, home road splits for goaltenders. Some guys are significantly better on the road. Yeah. Um, so again, keep that in mind. Totally. Yeah. Just staying on top of it. All right. That is uh, that is the fantasy fundamentals. That is topic one. And we will leave it there. Okay. On to topic two. Uh, this is going to be an opportunity to so get your notepads out for some some insider uh, fantasy advice here. Now, most of these, I think, are not, you know, they're not hot takes, let's say. No. Anyone looking at a lot of ranking sheets is going to make some determinations that most of what we've asked Devin to do here, here is, it, it, you know, he's not going out on a flyer with any of these. However, <laughs> I think it's valuable for someone like Elliot, who hasn't played a lot of or any NHL fantasy, a hockey fantasy, this is an opportunity to just make sure you get a, an understanding of what the top three are. And everyone loves doing rankings. Who doesn't love doing rankings? Oh, sure. I've been everyone listening to your guys' podcast and you've been doing them for every single division and going through it. Like people love this stuff, right? So let's do yep. it. Here's Devin's top three at each position. Uh, we'll do this a uh, little, little bit sort of rapid fire style. So who are your top three centermen uh, this year? Yeah, so for me, it's it's Connor McDavid, obviously, at number one. That's not a hot take there for sure, like you said. Um, but I've got Leon Dreisaitl at number two. And it's not because I'm a homer, because I am an Oilers fan. <laughs> but if you look at his numbers, he he's far and away been the second best player in the league the past two seasons. Uh, there's no question. And like you said, we've been digging into some numbers and looking at things over the past number of weeks. One of them, people like to talk about Austin Matthews and how he's, he's one of the best goal scorers in the game, which he is. But Leon Dreisaitl over the past three seasons has scored 124 goals. Austin Matthews has scored 125 and with significantly more points. So I, and I looked at some other numbers there too. So anyway, for me, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and then at number three, I've got Nathan McKinnon. He plays on an elite team. There's just no question Colorado. It's not just the, 
the sports pundits and analysts that like, they, like they're just a good team. They got good possession numbers. They're stacked. Uh, they brought in Darcy Kemper. So, I, you know, I, I like him for, for next year as well. The, the top five, honestly, can go in any order after Connor McDavid, but those are my three. Okay. So for, for this year, we've got uh, Connor McDavid, 46 goals, 139 points. I, I don't think he's going to go to 150 like he was projected, you know, his, his um, on pace, but he's going to be close. Like, yeah, he's, he's determined. He stays healthy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, I've got 49 goals and 122 points. A couple guys on the podcast think he's going to go over 50 for sure, which Jeez. wouldn't surprise me. He's been yeah. right in around that. Um, yeah. And he plays on the best power play in the league. So, and, and then Nathan McKinnon, 38 goals, 108 points. Now he could, he could best that for sure. If he stays healthy. I think the past couple of years though, we've seen Nathan McKinnon, there's always one or two instances where he's out for say four or five games. Right. So right. that kind of hinders his point production over the, the total season. But again, don't hesitate to draft him number three, if you get a shot. So I'm, I'm a big fan of this, this Leon Dreisaitl number two pick, because I've been saying for a long time that I think Leon Dreisaitl is one of the more underrated players, even though, I mean, obviously he's won a heart trophy, but I just don't think he gets the respect on his name that he should considering the talent he has. And I think part of that, unfortunately for him is that he will always be in the shadow of Connor McDavid on that team. Right. But it's not unlike, you know, we talked about Malkin earlier. I mean, Malkin on any other team for the decade where the Penguins were winning, he's the best player on that team. He just yeah. happened to be playing with Sidney Crosby. And yeah. you can't tell me that Leon Dreisaitl is propped up by Connor McDavid because most of the time Tippett refuses to let them play together. So yeah. there, I mean, his numbers last year were unreal. I agree with you. I think 50 goals is not an unreasonable expectation or, 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 or estimation for what Leon's capable of. No. And if he's, you know, when Leon wants to be, He's capable of being as good as Connor McDavid on the power play. Like he's his shot is un, unbelievable. Oh yeah, we've seen it lots. And there was that series against Anaheim in 2017 where Leon was the best player through the first two rounds of the playoffs. Yeah. Like he went total beast mode and he was their best player. And Connor will yeah. tell you that himself. Yeah. Um, he does he you're right. He doesn't get the deserve or the respect that he deserves around the league. And I find it really frustrating because there's a lot of people that'll tell you Nathan McKinnon's better than him. Um, Austin Matthews. I just saw a poll, like a fan poll, had him listed fourth after McKinnon, and I think it was Kucherov. Yeah. Right. So, and Kucherov's a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, but the things Leon's done in the past three seasons should earn him yeah. a lot more respect. Absolutely. All right, let's jump right ahead to uh, the wing. Let's start on the right side. Uh, who are your top three right wingers going into the year? So, like I, I just mentioned, Nikita Kucherov. I've got him number one at right wing. 40 goals and 110 points is our prediction. Um, and then two and three, honestly, you could just flip-flop them. It's it's really preference at that point, I think. For me, I've got David Pasternak at number two, and our prediction for him is 48 goals and 95 points. And then third is Mikko Rantanen with 38 goals and 94 points. And I say they can flip-flop because their ADP right now is, I think it's seven for Rantanen and 7.8 for Pasternak. I like Pasternak more for his goal-scoring pedigree. Goals are to be valued. There's not a lot of 50 goal scorers in the league, and he's a guy that can get right up there on any given year. So, uh, Randon, elite player, plays with an elite player in in Nathan McKinnon, but um, I just like Pasternak a bit better for his goal scoring prowess. No love for Mitch Marner, eh? I, I like Mitch Marner, but again, so he's a guy that like he's not going to get you a lot of category coverage. Um, he's 
mostly or more of a playmaker, right? So where he's going to, I mean, and he's got potential. I, I really like, like as a, as a elite forward, elite right wing, um, again, don't hesitate to draft him because he's going to play with Matthews and Matthews might score 60 this year. So I like Martyr, but not, not more than I like Pasternak or Miko Randon. All right, let's jump to the left side. Uh, I know this is uh, this is one of those that's been you know there's we've you've always got a couple guys in here that that are just those standout players and obviously one of the biggest names what well currently the greatest scorer in the league uh, is on the left side. Where do you have uh, Ovechkin and who are your top three? Yeah, so for me, I've actually the number one left wing. I've got Brad Marchand, and and I'm going to preface this by saying this is for a bangers league or like most, most leagues now are including hits and pims. Right. So right. Um, if it's a points only league, maybe you bump our Terry, our Temi Panarin, who I've got a number two, maybe he goes to the number one spot because I think his, his points production total might, he's, there's more potential there. Um, the Rangers are kind of a hot pick this year. A lot of people think they're going to, they're going to do a lot, uh, make a lot of noise. So uh, Brad Marchand, I've got pegged at 38 goals and 102 points. And I just like his category coverage. He's a guy that on any given night can get you points through pims, hits, blocks, fights, whatever. He's going to do a lot of different things, and he plays on one of the best lines in hockey. Um, Panarin, I've got 32 goals and 105 points. And then I've got Ovi at third with 48 goals and 78 points. You could make an argument for Ovechkin to be number one on that list if it's a bangers league because he he hits like crazy. He shoots the puck 300 shots plus a year. Like, this one was tough because you could make an argument anyway, but that's just kind of how I see them, you know, cause Ovi is a little bit limited in his point production. Like he, he's not putting up a hundred points like Marshawn and Panarin are so that, you know, there's value that you have to consider. Yeah. He's scoring goals, but he's not, he's not a, a you know, a passing guy first. <laughs> and and <laughs> Definitely not. Absolutely not. Or no, second. He, 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 he avoids it actually. If <laughs> yeah, he can. Exactly. Um, and the other thing too, is Backstrom is injured to start the season. And they don't know, like, they're not high on Kuznetsov anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, Washington would like to move that guy out, right? So, um, yeah, I just, that's kind of why I've got him in third. All right. Uh, Elliot, you got anything in the wingers category? Should we, should we move on to defense? No, I think I'm good. All right. Let's go to the defense then. This is always an interesting one because, you know, defense plays such a critical role in fantasy just because, you know, you, you can get a guy who, who might be an offensive defenseman, but you're looking for, some blocks and you're looking, like you said, if you're in a bangers league, you've got some opportunity for defensemen to really jump up. But I also know that there's a lot of sort of, uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of nuance when it comes to making sure your defense is there and they can really win, win you a league. And then unless you've got like a Victor Hedman or, you know, a guy who's, who's un, unmistakable and obvious, uh, it can sometimes get a little tricky. Now I have, I'm not going to lie. I have seen your top three. So I know that Victor Hedman is not in your top three. So we'll talk about that in a second, but before we do that, why don't we lead uh, with you and your three, who are your defensemen? Okay. So again, this is a pretty easy one. I've got Kale McCarr at number one. He's going in, you know, end of the first round right now, or just early in the second, depending on who's picking. Uh, I've got him predicted for 20 goals and 82 points. He's, he's phenomenal. I, you know, I don't, won't get too technical, but he's, he's the best defenseman. I think if you can, Take him in the first round. Don't hesitate to. So, um, and Colorado is going to be so good this year. John Carlson, I've got a number two. Um, I think they had the third best ranked power play last year. So it was Edmonton, I think Carolina, and then Washington, number three. Playing with Ovechkin, he's just, he's going to, he eats a ton of minutes. He's going to get a lot of assists. And he's a guy that can routinely score between 12 and 18 goals. Like we just saw not long ago, he was almost 
he was up for the Norris, I think, didn't win it, but had a very impressive season not long ago. Um, and then I've got Adam Fox at uh, reigning Norris Trophy winner um, at number three here. We've got 10 goals and 65 points predicted for him. And you make, you make a very valid point. Uh, Victor Hedman could be in that top three. It sounds like he's going to be healthy, but he did have uh, his knee. His knee was scoped here recently too, right? Um, so that I've just, yeah, that's my own personal preference. I think Adam Fox yeah. is another guy to just look out for. And, and New York, I think a lot of people are high on New York for, for next season. So, yeah. Well, and he's the reigning, he's the reigning Norris <laughs> trophy winner for a reason. The guy definitely had an amazing season last year and does a lot of different things in a number of different categories. Uh, Devin, just in terms of breaking down that top three a little bit. So, you know, very clearly heard loud and clear. If you can get Makar in the first round, take him. I'm imagining that's probably around like pick, what, what, six, seven, something like that. Um, but I'm wondering Carson and Fox, what, what, what's a good, what, what, what round and what, what pick number are you thinking for those two? Would be good? Yeah, I, I think both of them, their ADP is right around 25. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're looking just outside the second round. Um, so if you can, if you can go into your draft and you can pick two elite forwards, like depending on where you're picking, obviously. Right. right? But you know, if you can grab uh well, whoever, I mean, it's, and then if you can get them as your third pick, I, I wouldn't hesitate to, for me personally, I might fade the D a little bit. Like if I'm going to go in drafts, I might pick four forwards to start the draft. And if I can get two defenders in rounds five and six, I'm feeling okay with that. Um, I will say in the mocks I've done, if you don't have an elite defender before round 10 or 12, you're, you're going to be in tough to find one. So yeah, don't totally fade defensemen. Try and get yourself at least one or two before round 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, beyond that, yeah, it's a little dicey, but there, there is value to be had out there too. So if those guys are dropping to like mid, late round three, you're picking up, you're, you're seriously considering it though. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not going to hesitate for a second to take a guy like Carlson or Adam Fox in round three. Like, Oh, if they're still there for sure. If, if they're still there. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I did mention Hedman and I just want to, not that I feel like I have to defend him, but I, I, but it it ties to a second point I wanted to make. And this is in general, but you know, the defense is where we are. So let's use it as that Victor Hedman. When you look back statistically in the last uh, let's say five years uh, has yet to have a season since I think 2014, 13, 14 is the last season he had where his points total uh, actually, pardon me, 15, 16 is the last time his points total dipped below 50 points for the season. Now, here's the question mark there, though. Last year, obviously, shorter season, less games played. How much of a factor do you think that's going to be in terms of being able to properly evaluate this? The averages change, right? We've seen some players. I mean, Connor McDavid, it didn't make a difference that he played fewer games. He had more points than he'd ever had. Like, it's insane. Yeah, but matter, for yeah. an average player, for some of those mid-level guys, how much... Um, I don't know, sort of fog of war is there smoke in the, in the eyes is there, there to kind of confuse people when they're looking at stats, if you're not going back more than let's say a season or two. Yeah. So, excuse me. One thing I'll say is like, take a look at uh, Dauber's frozen tools. So you can go up there and you can analyze players. They're going to give you the 82 game pace for all those guys. So, you know, the last two seasons, Hedman's been at 45 points, 55 points, 18, 19 was at 54 points in 70 games. But because we've had shortened seasons, it's hard to look at the, Right, the, the raw numbers and just gauge that. So try to keep an eye on, on the 82 game pace and how they're doing. Um, again, I look at those things like shots on goal. So for Hedman, um, you know, his, his three year average is 2.5 and his career is two shots on goal per game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a bit above that recently. You know, it, it is going to impact his production, 
an 82 game season. Like, it, you know, it just, it will, it's a fact The there's travel now this year. You're not playing sort of that baseball style schedule where it's, you're going to play in uh, Florida for three days and then you're going to go home. It's, it's no, there's yeah. going to be travel. And yeah. so, you know, can you expect the same level of production when he goes out to Vancouver in January to play a game there as you do? Like, you know, it, there's some things to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, but Victor Hedman could easily, easily surpass one of Adam Fox or, uh, John Carlson next season in point production. I mean, yeah. he plays on an elite team and he's shown he has the talent to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, there's no suggestion that Hedman shouldn't be drafted. I is more just a question mark in general. I mean, I, I guess it, we will see how much of a factor it has for different players when it comes to what that, you know, that like, you know, a guy like Darnell nurse who had a great season for, for our Oilers last year. It's like, how much different is it when he's being asked to play those top line minutes for, you know, 82 games, uh, he, yeah. assuming he's healthy, right? How much of a drop-off is, is there there? Do you know what I mean? He's going to regress. We, we know just yeah. some, based on his shooting percentage, he's going to regress. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll happen. And, and again, this is why I talked about goaltenders and, and this year you might want to try and fade goaltenders because this schedule does come into play. Yeah. Andams are a thing. A guy like Mike Smith, who I actually, I think he's still going to have a good season, but can you reasonably expect the same level of production that he provided last year? No. no. And a part of that is the schedule. He, he's 39 years old. He's going to be traveling a lot. Like he can't yeah. play the same number of games at the same level. Yeah. And we talked about this on our last show. We, you know, we've been doing each week for the last three weeks, we've been doing a on sort of an off season review for the Oilers sort of block by block offense, defense, goaltending. And in our goaltending segment last week, we did talk about the fact that, you know, this is more than last year. They're going to have to rely on whomever that second guy is right now. It's Koskinen because Stellock, you know, isn't able to play, but for, for the purposes of recognizing the difference there, you know, Smith was a workhorse last year, but only capable of doing that because there was a limited number of games, you know, we've got, you're going to have to have a, at least sort of a, you know, an extra 20 games going on top of a Koskinen or, or, or if things change somebody else, but that's just the reality of this kind of season and the age part of it, but just in general, right. Health and uh, of a goaltender is just so critical. And no, we don't have those guys anymore. It was the Talbot is probably the last guy who went for like plus 70 games. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, nobody's doing that in the NHL. Not at the best goalie in the world isn't doing that anymore. All right. Well, no. we're talking about goaltenders. Let's jump to goaltender sure. to finish off here. Topic two, well, who are your top three goaltenders? Okay, so no surprise here. Andre Vasilevsky is number one. Um, we've got him predicted for 42 wins and five shutouts. He's kind of a rare example where he's still going to be a workhorse goaltender. Yeah. Um, even with them bringing in, I think it was Brian Elliott, who is is going to be a serviceable backup for Tampa. But yeah, they're going to lean on Vasilevsky still. Um, he's going right, I think at number six right now is his ADP. Yeah. That's that's a little too rich for me. Like I, I drafted him last year at ninth overall just because I was kind of staring down the best goaltender in hockey or, you know, a guy like Brad Marchand or, you know, Patrick Kane, someone like that in that range. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go with Vasilevsky and, and it worked just fine. Yeah. <clears throat> um, number two, I've got Connor Hellebuck. I, I actually think the Jets are going to be better this year. They'll be improved. They brought in uh, Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon to, to shore up their defense. They're a good team. Their top six is, is about as good as anybody's. And, um, and he's, an oh, we know. Player. Yeah. We're aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know <laughs> as Oilers fans. Yeah. I don't need to tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So as much as it pains me, I, he's just a phenomenal goaltender. And the thing I like about Hellebuck, again, I talked about trying to mitigate risk and, and establish a high fantasy floor. Hellebuck helps you do that. Yeah. He's a guy who he's shown can play 60 or 65 yeah. games in the season. 
He's not injury prone. Generally, his numbers are good. Um, plays on a good team. So, and, and their defense has improved. So yeah. I would say 35 wins, five shutouts is, is reasonable. And if you can get him as a second goalie off the board, I wasn't, hes- I wouldn't hesitate. Uh, number three, I've got Robin Leonard. Same thing. Phenomenal goaltender plays on a great team. Um, for some reason, he has this sort of reputation for, for being injury prone when generally he hasn't been last year. He had a concussion. Mm-hmm. I think he talked about uh, how he had an ankle sprain or something that was mismanaged in Buffalo. And that was one, like, if you look back, his numbers actually, he's shown he can play 45 or 55 games before. Um, but the past couple of years, he's just been with Flurry and they've been in a tandem and he hasn't played a lot. So I think now if he's the guy, he's going to play fine. He'll, he'll, he'll be good. I mean, Vegas is still going to be a good team. Um, I've heard lots of podcasts talk about Darcy Kemper, right? And, and he's not in my top three because of his injury history. Mm-hmm. Like he, he is the ultimate boomer bust pick this year is Darcy Kemper. If he stays healthy, he could win the Vezina next year. But I just, again, for me, trying to mitigate risk, he hasn't shown me he can stay healthy and play 55 games, right? So, I mean, sure, if you want to draft him, go ahead and draft him, but then you absolutely have to handcuff him with Pavel Francouz and just expect that Francouz is going to play at some point. Yeah. So going back one more time to this this notion of how much of last season is a mirage, when it comes to the goaltending side of this, like how much of a difference do you think it's going to be for some of these guys to go back into their regular divisions? You know, because that's a, another piece of it. They're playing, last year they played the same guys. They kind of got a, a book on them, you want to call it that. But it's also just, you know, for some teams it was a benefit because they might have gotten out of a, a, a dip, more difficult division. I think for a team like Vegas, you know, not having to travel up and play Calgary and Edmonton and Vancouver there's an advantage to not having to make that kind of those extra, those extra travel days and all that kind of stuff, but also, you know, just the teams themselves, how much of a difference do you think that's going to make in terms of maybe not just goaltending, but the stats in general? Yeah. Yeah, No, like I said earlier, you want to look at your splits, right? So another thing is to look at how do guys produce against certain teams and um, some, you talk to players, they'll tell you, well, I just can't score against this guy. I could never score against Henrik Lundqvist, right? That was a guy that always just, or, or whoever, so yeah, it does make a difference. I mean, sometimes a goalie just has your number in your division and you can't score against them for whatever reason. But yeah, so d- divisions will play a role for sure. Um, the Pacific, I think most people would suggest it's the, the weakest amongst the four. So again, that's kind of why we have Connor predicted where we do, because I think yeah. he's just going to eat Anaheim's lunch. He's going to eat Arizona's lunch. He's, you know, like he's just going to feast on those teams. And last year he didn't have them. He had some other teams that were weak in the division, but uh, so yeah, no, I would agree. Um, as to how much, I mean, it's like anything it's, it's going to affect it to a certain degree, but I wouldn't put too, too much stock in it. Like, you know, if you're deciding which player to draft based on their division, I, I, I probably wouldn't go that far. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's sure. a factor, but it's not the factor. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, I think we've got a pretty good sense of, uh, the top guys in the league. It's exciting to always sort of see how they things shift. It's nice. You know, you've got a guy like Brad Marchand who's had a great couple of years and he's up in there and Adam Fox coming off that Norris. It's going to be exciting to see what he's capable of. Um, we will leave it there. That's topic two. All right. Off to topic three. Uh, we've, we've, we've let Devin sort of lead us through all of his uh, pre-prepared material. We'll call it. I know that, you know, you, you, you I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. You, you do run a website dedicated to this. I know you've done your research. You know, your you know, you, you know, your numbers. 
We're just going to give you a little pop quiz here. Uh, This topic is going to be kind of hot and cold. What we're going to do is Elliot and I have a couple names. You know, we've started doing our our, uh, mocks and going through some preparation on our own for fantasy. And I know that there's a few names and some players that we're interested in and understanding a little bit better. Some of them might be uh, the dark horses or the bounce back kind of players. We've only got a few of them. But what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to give you some names. You're going to tell us if you're hot or cold on them, and then you can give us a little bit of why maybe uh, and we can debate and discuss what uh, what comes up. Uh, Elliot, do you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you around Sidney Crosby, obviously entering into the back half of his career. Where is he? Where is he being drafted right now? And, you know, where's if you is he worth taking a flyer on if you can get him a little bit later than he's been drafted in the past? Yeah, I still like Crosby. Um, right now he's going 17 on average, you know, the second round. I, I think Sidney Crosby absolutely is still worth a second round pick in fantasy hockey. Um, in terms of production, he's a guy you want to still target. He's still playing on a good team. He's still got Latang there. He's still got Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel is a, a 40 goal scorer every year. And when that guy is, you know, strapped to your wing, yeah. um, for sure. He, I mean, his career numbers, 1.25 points per game the past three years, 1.19. So, you know, the, the regression or, or the downward trend isn't really very severe at this point. He's still like last year, he was on pace for 92 points. Um, He's been, he's been close to 95 points or better in the past three seasons. In, in 2018, 19, he was at 104 point pace. So, you know, like I don't hesitate to draft Crosby. So if there's some other options ahead of him, yeah. Like if, if it's a stone cold lock, you know, he's going to be a better producer. Like if it's Patrick Kane or Sidney Crosby, you could make a, an argument for Kane. I actually really like the Blackhawks this year. I think they're going to be really competitive. And that guy shoots the puck a ton. Uh, so he, yeah. And if to answer your question, still like Crosby. There you go. So hot on Crosby. Um, not hot for Crosby, hot on Crosby. <laughs> let's do, let's, let's jump to, uh, um, uh, you mentioned this name earlier and I, I can't now think back fast enough to say whether or not it sounded like you liked him or not, but, uh, he's an intriguing one for me because, you know, the Canucks were riddled with COVID last year. We didn't really get to see what the, the true Thatcher Demko number one situation I think looked like. I don't think it's, I mean, I live here in Vancouver and I'm another fan, but I can tell you in Vancouver, a lot of people felt like their season was kind of stolen from them at which I think it fairly and rightfully they feel that way yeah. um, because they had a great you know, bubble playoffs uh, surprised a lot of people, I think. And then Thatcher Demko really was like the guy they lost Markstrom or or let Markstrom go. And Demko became the guy. Um, How high or or how hot or cold are you on Thatcher Demko as a starting goaltender? Yeah, I'm I'm super hot on Demko for next year. Like I, if I can get him, I might even take him in the eighth or ninth round. Like I I would reach for Demko. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard, you know, we had Ian Gooding on this show a couple weeks ago and he talked about Vancouver is going to be a very good fantasy hockey team but he's not totally convinced they're going to be an actually like a, in reality, good fan, a good hockey team. Hmm. Um, but I like the moves they made this year. I think Connor Garland has the potential to be a 65 plus point player. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson. I think anybody leaving Arizona is going to have better production. So, although if you saw some of the highlights of, yeah, of I don't know. training camp, um, you know, Garland and Ekman Larson were both losing their lunch recently. So not good signs, but I mean, no, I, I like the team. I think they made some some improvements. Um, Demko's shown that he can handle a heavy workload. I think again, if you look at his underlying numbers, they're good. Um, so no, I, I I really like him. He's a guy that I'm going to reach for in drafts this year. Awesome, Elliot. 
Okay, sort of breaking the mold here a little bit. Who's better? Who would you pick for fantasy? <laughs> uh, Barry or Nurse from the Oilers? Who's got a better fantasy upside this year? Well, again, this is where you really have to look at your, your league setup, right? Um, I think, don't quote me on this, they're, they're going right around the same ADP. Like they're within a few picks of each other. Um, Barry's at 63.6 and Nurse is at 69.6. So if you're in a bangers league where categories matter, yeah, you could make the argument that Nurse is like the thing I don't like about him, like I said earlier, is his shooting percentage was so high last year. It was way off his career average. He's probably not going to score 16 goals again this year. I hope he does. I hope he scores 20. Really hard to say if he does. Um, the other thing is he's not getting power play one time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and so for me, I've talked about trying to make sure I establish a high fantasy floor, right? Well, I like to get as many defensemen who are stone cold locks to be on the first power play unit. Um, Tyson Berry's going to do that for you. He's going to get power play one all day long until he's proven that he can't right. Like there's guys like nurse and Evan Bouchard for that matter, who could come in and play power play one and excel at it. But Barry has been given that role because he's a power play specialist. So I think that's kind of the reason that he's going a little bit higher than Barry or than nurse, sorry, um, is because he's getting power play one on the best power play in the league. So from a fantasy perspective, especially if it's a points only league, it's Tyson Barry. If you're looking for category coverage, Darnell nurse is a great option. I think his even strength point production, again, this isn't one of our articles. If anyone wants to go look on our website, we talked about Darnell nurse at length, just what his productions looked like over the past three seasons. He's been one of the better defenders in terms of even strength production. He hits, he blocks, um, lots to like about Darnell Nurse. It's just that power play one time you don't like. All right, let's go. Uh, let's jump to a rookie. I guess uh, maybe I think he's still a rookie considering how many games he's played. But I'm calling him one of those rookies that got an opportunity to sort of come out of his shell a little bit more. Not on a great team, but for for me, a, a guy I'm just really interested in later is is uh, Zegris. You know, he's got he scored 13 goals last year. Three or pardon me, 13 points. He had three goals and 10 assists, I think in like 53 or 54 or five shots or something in like 24 games. But he's one of those guys with such a great pedigree. We saw how great Cole Caulfield was last yep. year for Montreal. For me, Zegris is just like, he's the shiny new toy. I really want to know what he's capable of. Are you hot or cold on Zegris? Yeah, I know I'm hot on Zegris for this year. I think he's a guy that um, re- regardless of team environment, he can still produce. You know, maybe if it's on the, like their power play wasn't good last year. I don't have the numbers uh, off the top of my head, but it wasn't good. Um, Anaheim was not a good team, but he's going late. Um, again, I couldn't tell you exactly where, but I know he's going yeah. later in drafts and and he's got that goal scoring ability. So yeah, no, I, I would pick him again. It's, it's about trying to find value in your draft. So with Zegers, just don't reach for him, right? Don't pick him in the 10th round, but if you can get him in rounds 15 through 16 or 20 or whatever your league allows, yeah, take a shot on him because he he's one of the odds on favorites to win the Calder this year and with good reason. Yeah. All right, Dylan, I know you got one more for us and then I've got one more to finish this off. Yeah. So fresh start in Florida for Sam Bennett. What are we expecting out of Sam Bennett this year? Yeah, I love Sam Bennett. Uh, that's a guy like don't hesitate to draft him um, right around his ADP or earlier. Again, category coverage is great. The guy was a hits monster last year in Florida. Uh, we again talked about him at length on the show here, but he's going to play next to Huberto, right? Like he's pretty much going to be locked in there um, all season long. So I, I would expect that, I mean, again, trying to produce at the same rate for 82 games, it's maybe not a fair expectation, but he's still going to be good for 
55, 65 points. I think I, I have to go back and look at our predictions to exactly what we, we had for him, but yeah, don't, don't hesitate to grab Bennett. I like him a lot for next year. That top six is going to be as good as anyone's. Um, we've some of the guests we've had, they've all kind of pegged them as the president's trophy winner or someone who's going to be in the cup final. Um, so don't, for, I mean, penalty minutes, blocks, hits, shots, like all that stuff, Bennett, he just, honestly, it didn't work out in Calgary. And sometimes it doesn't. And when you have an opportunity elsewhere, you take advantage of it. He did. And I don't think that was a, an anomaly. All right. One more for you. And this is a weird one for me. Cause it was a player that I had in my, uh, on my roster last year and was one of the weirdest sort of things to manage Rue Pence out of um, Dallas was in <laughs> and out of the roster almost nightly. It was constantly uh, uh, like a, a scratched here and scratch there. But when he was in, I mean, the guy's like plus uh, point per game producing and he, he had was. insane numbers. I just, he, he gave me like hot and cold flashes all season long because you'd have a, a, a week where you expect him to play three or four games. He played two, he gave you points in the two, but then, you, you know, you, you're costing you a spot and maybe it, one of those things where I would dress him and all of a sudden I'd have given up a, a roster spot for him. And I just, I don't know if I have it in my uh, heart to go back and forth on him again, but man, did he, was easy. Good. How do you feel about Rupins? Yeah, I, I really like Hens for next year. Uh, he's got dual eligibility in Yahoo. So center left wing. It wasn't a fluke that the guy put up point per game numbers. Right. And while injured, like he was ba- like his teammates said he was playing on one leg basically all season long. So yeah, yeah while that would have been incredibly frustrating. I think I had him in actually the, so I won my Yahoo league last year. He was on my roster. Yeah. And um, so, no, I, I, I like him a lot. His ADP is 65.1. Um, our points prediction for him is 29 goals and 75 points. Yeah. So, That's and, and he sneezed at. No, no, I actually, he might be the, the leading point producer for Dallas next year. I mean, again, they've got a great roster, a lot of good players there to like, I think they're going to be back healthy. Radulov and Sagan are back. Um, Jason Robertson had a phenomenal rookie season, you know, like there's Joe Pavelski wound the clock back, um, Miro Heiskin and John Klingberg, you know, their, their goaltending situation is a little bit odd, but, um, we won't get into that, but yeah. So for, for to answer your question, yep, absolutely. Love the player. Uh, I think he's going to come back healthy and have another good season. Yeah. As long as, uh, you got to don't take Rupert hits. If you're not one of those guys, who's going to be actively making sure that the starting roster is correct an hour before the game, <laughs> because I cannot tell you how many headaches he gave me, but when he was in, like I said, Ooh, he put up great numbers. All right. Um, we didn't find any colds for you. I know you gave us three earlier, to be fair. You have, you, you've got your stayaways in, yep. in Eichel and, and Malkin and Kane. Is there anybody else for you that you're a little bit cold on that? Like you're going to hesitate to pick, even if they kind of come up where they've been ranked, let's say, is there a guy that's kind of that wishy-washy player for you? You know what? Nazem Kadri is another one. Um, and I was just looking at this last night. He plays on a great team. Like I've said, he's going to play second line minutes, but he was, he was incredibly frustrating for me last year. He was wildly inconsistent. There'd be weeks where he'd put up, you know, 10 points and then, you know, he'd disappear for three weeks. And that's kind mm-hmm. of been what I've seen out of him um, the past couple seasons. The other thing too, is he always was considered a guy that you'd grab in a bangers league because he, he was a physical player. Well, his hits have gone down. Like he had 36 hits in 56 games last season. So that's crazy. Yeah nothing really. Right. I mean, yeah. it was, it was bad. And then he wasn't producing on the power play much. He had nine power play points in 56 games. Um, he's never been a big power play producer. He had 15 is kind of his three year average. So 
Yeah, I'd say that's probably one. His shooting percentage was down. It was 6.5% last year where his career is 11.2. So yeah. there's some room for aggression there from Kadri, but he's a guy that I'm just going to fade because I the consistency isn't there and, and it seems like his hitting has disappeared too. So um, so one more for you then, because this you just made me think of this too. I had a guy last year on a roster who was one of those players I refused to let go of just out of spite because I constantly believed he was somehow going to find a, a way to turn the corner and never really did for me with Seth Jones in a new situation in Chicago, an underachieving season for him last year. Is he bounced back uh, contending? Yep. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's a guy that I'm, I'm high on for next year. Um, you know, I, I hate to not give you some colds here, but I just, I really like Seth no, Jones good. for next year. I, I think that roster, I, I, do, I actually don't have them in the playoffs. I just think that division is, yeah. is, far too competitive but they're going to be close you know you've got jonathan taze now you've got uh kirby doc coming but so both those players they didn't have those two guys for the majority of the season last year yeah um you brought in jake mccabe right you brought in his brother caleb jones you brought in mark andre Fleury. that team's going to be very very good now, i didn't even mention patrick patrick kane or yeah. or alex de right so you've got a lot of talent in chicago and he's going to man for the first time he's going to have some real weapons to work with um on that power play. I guess he's had Pernier. I shouldn't say that, but you know, like he, he's going to yeah, do no, well. Totally. I, I, I like uh, Seth Jones for next year. Yeah. Here, I'll find a cold for you. PK Subban. Yep. Yeah. Definitely cold on PK Subban. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor PK. Yeah. Yeah. No, he seems like he's doing better in New Jersey, less drama and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm cold on Subban. I, I guess the other guy, like I said, I is Darcy Kemper. I'm not cold on him really, but I'm just, yeah. I'm not convinced he's, he's not going to get injured in game 10 and you'll be, yeah kicking yourself for drafting him so high so all right well thank you so much for doing this uh that's that's our topic three for you just before we let you go uh, i know you got a big show this week and you got shows every monday for the the fantasy hockey hacks podcast uh you talked a little bit off the top but do you want to just give you i'll give you a little moment here to plug away let us know what's coming up for you guys yeah for sure so actually we uh we chatted with jack michaels the edmonton oilers play-by-play broadcaster on wednesday jack was was very kind he spent uh close to an hour with us so he kind of, he gave us our, his thoughts on the Oilers for next year uh, and the Penguins just because he is from Pennsylvania. Nice. And then, and then we dug into the central division. And so he kind of gave us some insight onto the, you know, the Blackhawks and Dallas and all the rest of the teams that I've kind of mentioned. So uh, yeah, look for that to drop Monday. Um, besides that, you know, we've done, like you said, the divisional previews for the Pacific and the Metro already, and then we'll do the Atlantic. And I think we've got um, potentially a guest from left wing lock coming on for um for the uh, the Atlantic Division, so lots of lots of good stuff to look for there, and yeah, fantasyhockeyacts.com. Check it out. Awesome, thank you so much for doing this, Devin. It was a real pleasure. Um, we had so much fun doing this. I know Elliot's now going to spend the next three days just running mo- mock drafts and and yeah. preparing at every position. For, at every, at every position. oh yeah, he's going to yeah, be yeah, so prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and we will we'll try to have you back on uh, throughout the season. We'll find a couple more opportunities to jump in, and we'll see. Uh, We'll see where, where, where the season goes. I know you guys sort of just got this going in the offseason. I know you must be just chomping at the bit to actually get some hockey played. I watched I can't wait. the third period of a Toronto Maple Leafs Montreal game today, and I thought I was watching a rerun. I completely it hadn't it hadn't yet sunk in that I was watching hockey, except that there were fans in the stands and it was very strange. But uh, oh. uh, tomorrow night, uh, oh, we're recording this Saturday, I should say, uh, you know, we're going to get some Oiler hockey going soon and yep. Uh, yep. and it'll be fun. So uh, thanks again so much for having uh, for letting us 
must have you, Devin, and, and, and joining us. It was awesome. And uh, again, check out uh, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. Listen to their podcast. Uh, you can find it everywhere, right? You know, on Spotify and iTunes. Yeah, we're on and, all the major directories. Yeah. Yeah, you'll go find it and and uh, have a good listen. And they will get you prepared and ready to win your fantasy league. Uh, again, whether you're first time playing or you are a five time champion like Devin here. Uh, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us. That's happy. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, that was a blast for sure. Patrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.